Hey, Chloe, is the nuclear family a modern invention? You know what? That's a great question. Let's talk about it. Politics, culture, faith, and so much more. This is Fact of Life with Chloe Noller and Maddie Lee Watson on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Welcome back to Fact of Life. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are so grateful and excited that you're with us. We're stoked for what we have for you today. We're getting back into the nuclear family. This is what we've been talking about in our last episode. We just briefly talked about the roots of the nuclear family, where family was established in the Garden of Eden um, with Adam and Eve, and God's design and intents and purposes for marriage. But today we're going to be taking it um, a little bit down on the line. And first we're going to look at a few different examples of family throughout history, you know, kind of counter that propaganda that is being spewed around, um, has been for the last, what, 50, 60, 70 years, that the nuclear family is only a recent invention, um, because that's just not true. Mm -hmm. And then we will dive a little bit more deeply into specifically the progressive attack attack on education because it it was and is very clearly an attack um, absolutely oh it, it's so premeditated yeah. yeah 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 um you know i just think it's interesting when you take a look at families of the past you really don't see much differentiation um in mm-hmm. pretty much every society and every culture depending on you know the rights of the women in the household or whatever you're still seeing a man a woman the children Especially in Asian cultures, um, you're seeing this family unit staying together for a long time. You know, that the the son expected to take care of, the son is expected to take care of his grandparents and his parents. And, you know, like there's this really, um, this really huge family structure, this, this really tight family structure. Um, And, and, you know, even in the, in the Roman society, they kind of worshiped their ancestors. Like there's this really strong, close tie with family. Um, family is so important. It's just seen as this integral backbone of society. Exactly. You know, family isn't and has never really been just a state of being. Instead, it's a complex system. Um, you know, many people who haven't done a whole ton of research on the subject will say that the nuclear family either came around in you know, 20th century America or even in the industrialization era over in Europe. But one thing I found interesting in my research is that actually historian Peter Laslett suggests um, that that's, that's not true at all. And actually those kind of, those eras and those sequence of events that a lot of people say are the cause of the nuclear family were in fact actually caused by the nuclear family. Um, you know, one thing that his evidence points towards is that the nuclear family, you know, was around for long before that in pre-industrial Europe people basically have two options. You have your simple household system, which is just kind of what we casually think of as a nuclear family nowadays, you know, parents, children, but also what I like to think of as an extension of the nuclear family, um, kind of that like joint family system mm-hmm. that Chloe's talking about with, you know, your aunts, your uncles, your grandparents, um, because it really is a system of people mm-hmm. relying on one another. And that's how it's been for thousands of years. I mean, the family has always relied on one another. Mm-hmm. You have... The individual, the family, the 
community, the polis, the like, like it, it grows. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. So this is kind of funny. Um, I'm in Greek right now and learning, you know, all that great grammar and all this stuff. We also do these readings and one that we've been doing is called Athanase. It's an Italian book. Um, it's like an Italian author's writing in Greek. I don't know why that is, but all the vocab is in Greek and my professor had to translate all of it. So wow, Dr. Konyobs for real. Um, but anyways, I just thought it was interesting because this is like uh, a story about an early, early uh, like Greek family, right? And and you have the dad out working in the fields. He's trying to provide for the family. He's collecting and, you know, working the fruit. And there's this dependence, like his son is out there helping him as well. The mother is, you know, taking care of her family by like by cooking for the family, um, making sure that the, the house is set up right and um, in, a, in a good spot for her husband when he comes home in from the field. And I don't know, I was just I'm thinking about this because I think a lot of times when people are looking at this, when they when they talk about or they refer back to the industrial society is when you kind of start to see this family, this nuclear family idea. Mm-hmm. I think the industrial era is really where we see a shift. Yeah. Because previously, with agrarian cultures, the fathers and the mothers depend on their children to mm-hmm. help them. So you need a father to manage the estate, to uh, manage the farming. You know, in, in an increasingly agrarian society, which most societies were up mm-hmm. until a certain point. Up until um, industrialization. Right. No, for sure. I mean, I, I, like... There, everyone has land. Everyone has, you know, they have to provide for themselves. Like mm-hmm. the food's coming from that land, and they're dependent upon each other. The father and the mother work in tandem together, working on the, the family business. If they're a cobbler or whatever, you know, the family business. But they are also working in the fields. They're working in the gardens to provide sustenance for the family. The kids are out in the fields from the earliest time they can walk. You know, helping with the mm-hmm. farm and. So it's this really increasingly codependent group of people. Mm-hmm. But when the Industrial Revolution comes around, you don't need that anymore. Yeah, exactly. I think the reason that people date, they try to put a date on the nuclear family, whether it's the Industrial Revolution or it's, you know, the 50s in America, is because that is when attacks started happening. And what, what it is is propaganda. That's what's telling you it was this recent because it's not true at all. Um, but the propaganda comes from the attacks. What I saw was really cool. There was actually an article by, um, Michael Balter from science.org. So like the science journal, um, this was back in 2008. So it's been a few years, but it's obviously still applicable. Um, but some, at the time, some archeologists had found this, um, had found some fossils that were 4,000 600 years old in Germany and it was a family buried together you know mom Mm. dad kids Mm -hmm. and what they were able to find from this because you can actually find so much from archaeology it's super cool um like just so much about like the time period and Mm -hmm. what value Mm -hmm. to them but the way they were all laying in there like they were all like they were intertwined with one another in such like a tight way and it was cool because what they were able to draw from this is that this structure we call a nuclear family. I mean, they had it then too. Mm-hmm. They they were also living and surviving by that. And that's 4,600 years old. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's incredible. So it's obviously been around for thousands of years. Right. And, and I mean, you even get this reinforced by the Bible. 
you you see these these families in the Bible. I mean, obviously they're they're ones that are broken and 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 such, but um of course that's that's going to be throughout history as well because mm-hmm. we're living in a fallen culture and we are fallen, you know, sinful human beings. So that's certainly a part of it, but yeah, I just I think also with the industrial revolution, the feminist movement really starts to also infiltrate this. And so, you know, you get women trying to assert their rights. Um, and this also starts to break up the family unit. But I, I really think a huge piece of this is the Industrial Revolution because mm-hmm. you don't need the families in, interdepending on one another anymore. And especially, like, with, you know, men going to work in the factories and such, like, this is a big deal. Like, the, the, the mothers are now at home or maybe they are in the factory. It's no longer a home unit. Um, sometimes the children are out there working in the factories as well, mm-hmm. too. But, you know, it really, there's really a change here. Mm-hmm. And the important thing to note about this is it's not just coincidental. None of these, this rise in feminism and things like that was not coincidental. It's all very, very deliberate. Um, there's actually uh, a government document. I can't, I wasn't able to find it before we recorded this, but maybe next episode I'll have it. Of them basically admitting of trying to get women out of the home. Uh, I wrote my term paper actually last semester for my American government class. I got to do a lot of research into this. And what was really interesting to find out is, see, with the nuclear family, that is what you, that's what you rely on. You know, that is what every member of that family, that is the cornerstone of their life. Mm-hmm. But if you take away that reliance, if you try to get rid of the nuclear family, then it's no longer essential. And instead you turn to what is supplying you with that security, with those benefits, with those things in life. Mm-hmm. And that is government mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. they try the it's all an attempt to make uh, this mass society um all reliant on one another mm-hmm. which is uh, it's, i mean it's crazy people just don't realize that it's all intentional right yeah so uh, as looking through this um there's a very clear attack um uh, beginning in you know the mid-1960s prior to the mid-1960s um there's some information here from the heritage foundation they have a great article on um, how welfare undermines marriage and what we can do about it. But um, uh, prior to the mid-60s, nearly all children were born to married couples. Um, and there's this shift that happens in 1964. They begin the war on poverty, mm-hmm. which is just a really interesting shift. Like they're they're trying to eradicate poverty, and yet it completely, utterly fails. And mm-hmm. you see... Um, when the war on poverty began, he says, when the war on poverty began in 1964, only 7% of children were born to unmarried women. However, over the next four and a half decades, the share of non-marital births exploded. In 2013, 41%, that's 7% to 41% of all children born in the U.S. were outside of marriage. So there's, I mean, the war on poverty begins in 1964 and you skyrocket from 7% to 40% just 45 years later. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's incredible. I was reading a similar article by Love to Know, and they also gave some really similar statistics of, you know, in the in the 60s, 73 percent of children lived with two parents in their first marriage. And then you get they gave a few different statistics that kind of worked up till current day. But now, I mean, that's less than half children, half of children that are living like that. And, you know, you look at Chloe's statistics, too, and all of those together are just absolutely it's heartbreaking because yeah. it doesn't have to be this way. Mm-hmm. People mm-hmm. simultaneously fight for, you know, fight for the loss of the nuclear family, the destruction of it. 
yet also are perfectly okay with not recognizing that it directly correlates with so many other societal problems that we're seeing. You know, crime goes up when you have a broken up family Mm -hmm. because these kids don't have role models anymore. They turn towards what can just, like, give them whatever they're needing, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's awful because people say, oh, you can live however you want, but... I mean, human humans were very clearly designed. Right, for we're not this made purpose. to live however we want. We're made to live in according to our design. Um, and another interesting statistic is um, there since like around 1965, there's been no significant increase in the number of married couple families with children um, since 1965. But by contrast, the number of single parent families with children has skyrocketed nearly 10 million rose from 3.3 million in 1965 to 13.2 million in 2012. So, I mean, you have roughly a pretty stable amount of married couple families with children, <clears throat> but the but the single parent families with children skyrockets. And so there there's just this huge dichotomy. And so um and they they talk about here the fact that like there is no, there's no, it's no accident that the collapse of marriage in America began with the war on poverty because of things they passed to incentivize, um, you know, and, and provide benefits to families with children, with single parents, um, making it uh, worse for two low-income uh, people to get married. Um, you know, they, they get less food stamps or less money if they get married, so they just end up living together. And so th- there's all these incentivizations that, I mean, wait, there's all these incentives that the government gives to these families um, to either not get married, to not have children, um, or to have children in a single family home. Yes. And, and, and next week we're really going to go into the, the huge consequences of an, a society that kind of functions this way. Consequences that, you know, if you just look outside the window, you'll see, see everywhere, which is unfortunate because we're living in the consequences. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally that the, the welfare system that we have today actively penalizes low-income parents who do marry. Mm-hmm. So um, this is a good example. A single mother with two children who earns $15,000 a year would generally receive around $5,000 with food stamp benefits. Mm-hmm. But if she marries a father with the same earnings level, she wouldn't get any food stamps. So mm-hmm. already you're seeing like a $5,000 decrease from mm-hmm. what she would get. So this is just some tangible, like mm-hmm. real reasons and, and, and facts about how the families are being targeted. Exactly. Here, Here's the thing. Non-nuclear families, due to dire circumstances, you know, death, divorce, sexual immorality, that kind of thing, those are going to happen. And mm-hmm. we, those are, you know, things we can't control. We can't Absolutely. condemn that. Yeah, but, yeah. but the thing is, we as a community must work together to mm-hmm. subsidize that loss and help them. Mm-hmm. With the government doing it, it's, it's just putting the reliance on the government more. Right, right. Um, there are some things that are government's role and there are some things that are a community's role. Mm-hmm. And our role as a community is to help those families that cannot control the circumstance they're in. But That's it is right. not the government's role. No, it should not be. And it's especially not their role to encourage it, which is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as we said, we're living in the consequences of that, which we will get into more next week. Yeah, definitely. But... Yeah, I, th- I think it's interesting, too, because you see um, Alexander de Tocqueville in the early 1800s. He's this guy that comes over from France, 
And in his book, Democracy in America, he talks about these really incredible independent uh, institutions or like voluntary associations that the Americans have. And um, it's he's he's re- he's remarking that this is incredible. Like these these are voluntary things that people have. Um, you know, they gather together to to take care of societal problems like poverty in the community, things like that. Um, but that's something that like eventually starts leaving um, America. And what's interesting about this attack is that it's not just coming through you know, food steps or encouragement or propaganda, but it, mm-hmm. it's coming at the very core of what shapes the minds of our nation. It's coming through the education system even. Um, and you don't realize it, but it's in literally every single aspect. Mm-hmm. So looking at education, like a large part that's breaking up the family nowadays is the pro-LGBTQ plus like curriculum that's, mm-hmm. been, I don't know the right word for it, but you know, there's just like several instances. There was one instance that I found that was absolutely mind blowing. There was one instance specifically of a teacher, and this was just in November of 2023, so not that long ago. Um, and it was in Seattle, Washington. Wow. Sorry about that state, Chloe. No, Seattle um, is a thing of its own. <laughs> that, that's true. But Anne Christensen, she had her students send letters to a parental rights group, Moms for Liberty. And the letters were derogatory. They said things like, gay is slay, stop being a rat, um, stop bullying, and like things like, and was just very much so that day was attacking this, you know, mom's parental right group. And at first glance, you're like, oh, like this is one, this is like blatantly propaganda in the classroom, which is a whole other issue. But it's also teaching them that no matter what happens, the what the government and the the regime defines as what is right mm-hmm. and what society defines as what is right comes like miles before family. Mm-hmm. And it's teaching them to, you know, be rude and stand up to their parents mm-hmm. and breaking like fracturing that relationship yeah and i mean that goes all the way back to what we talked about in our education episodes just like Mm -hmm. you know there's this huge attack on education and there's so many repercussions from what happens you know when you are telling children the wrong thing when you're teaching them the wrong thing this has huge repercussions on society and so um next week we're really going to talk about some of these consequences um you know we know that and because it's a biblical design that marriage is good for children mothers and fathers but it is disappearing and this is a huge problem and there's a lot of repercussions on this so we're going to talk about those consequences next week we hope you will tune in thank you so much for joining us today as always my name is chloe noller and i'm mattingly watson and, and this, this is, is fact of life the Fact of Life podcast can be found at at Fact of Life podcast on Instagram or at Fact of Life pod on Twitter. Reach out to the host at Fact of Life podcast at gmail.com or send a message on Instagram or Twitter. Listen to the Fact of Life anywhere you get your podcasts, especially right here on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Thank you so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time on the Fact of Life.